What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had, uh, buying parts from anybody before, and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, all of our Taco Moto Co. branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty, and we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM, and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and knows meets the, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. On this show, we get some goodies from We Went Fast. Uh, the usual questions about which bike for new riders, the right suspension settings, and Jimmy's explanation on how to tow a broken motorcycle. So you'll have to s- stay tuned on this show. From the beautiful Valley of Pahrump, which is, what is it, Logan? Valley of the Dirt People. And you live here too. We love it. And it's getting too hot to ride, but live from Pahrump, uh, this is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, everybody. How are you doing? Um, you can't answer that question because uh, all I can do is see you on the chat room, but I hope you're doing well. Um, things are getting better, and the only reason I know they're getting a lot better is because when I came back into town the other day, Logan, there was a line around the fireworks store. <laughs> so things must be popping, as they say, huh? Yeah, I don't really know why fireworks are so important in these times, um, but oh, they don't sell them anywhere else. So we have those out here, and I think it was funny because I almost ran over a a fireworks box uh, when I was coming back from California um, out in the valley uh, over by Dumont, and it was empty, of course. I mean, they'd they'd already taken everything, probably stashed it all around their car in case they did get pulled over. (laughs) But I'm sure they're just taking them back, you know, to participate in some, um, you know, rioting and looting that people are doing, which is just absolutely ridiculous. So, um, yeah, I don't like uh, rioting and looting. Bad. Uh, So I handed Logan a book that we're going to talk about a little bit later, and his head has been down in that thing uh, since since I handed it to you, yeah? Yeah. Are you going to be an effective co-host tonight? I hope so. Okay. Oh, wait, I didn't turn your mic on. Look at... Remember how I told you why I wore these <laughs> why I wore these headphones today? Yeah. Yeah, okay, there. Logan, we brought Logan back. He's back. Um uh so I'm going to I'm going to get started by saying we need to thank KTM. Do you know how to thank KTM, Logan? Yes. Okay. It, remember, um, it's it's Murrieta. Yeah. Okay, like <laughs> when I walked in I'm like why do I have a sun Thought of Marietta. Yeah, because you got you've got to say it. So go ahead. Let's 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 do our KTM read. Powered by a distinct ready to race mentality, KTM is the world's leading high performance street and off road sport motorcycle manufacturer. With North America headquarters based in Marietta, California, 
Over the years, KTM has built a reputation as a fierce competitor on racetracks around the world, and the brand's remarkable global success is reflected in every product it develops and every move it makes. Awesome. You know how much better you are at that since we, we started? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the first one was like pulling teeth, and now it like, you know, after a few times, just flows right off there. So I'd like to thank KTM for uh, allowing us to be here. I'd also like to thank Climb. Uh, Climb is a producer of super awesome off-road and adventure and street bike riding gear. Uh, I didn't get to wear Climb gear today because I didn't ride today because it's a little bit hot. But if I would have been riding, I'd be wearing the Mojave gear, which is super vented. And then I would be as cool as possible because I like to be pretty cool. So... Um, we have a we have a we have a que- we're gonna go straight to the first question there. You, that's what you get to do, and we'll uh, we'll work on. Also, like to thank uh, Nate from DDC Sprockets. Uh, DDC Racing uh, keeps my machines going forward, and uh, they never wear out. So, if you need some sprockets, go there. Uh, shout out to BJ. At we went fast. He's he actually uh, without knowing it sponsored a segment tonight so we're going to talk a little bit about uh we went fast um and uh logan straight into the questions um greetings jimmy and sidekicks slash special guest that's you he doesn't know who it is but he, he just because it's you know last last week you got abducted by aliens yeah and then now you're back so okay um first thank you for providing useful information reviews on it all things related on dirt bikes I listened to your YouTube channel while wrenching on my bikes and the T4. That's Tech Talk Taco oh. Tuesday. So some people actually put type the the T4s out or they type, you know, four T's or he has that's an that's I've just first time I've seen it that way, but Yeah. Hey, you know what? You know what Heather said? Speaking of, you know, having a hard time reading that stuff. She she used to think, you know, maybe Logan just doesn't read that and then she stumbled on a lot of the stuff and she's like it's a lot harder than it seems. And I'm like, yeah, you should see the spelling on some of this stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, kudos to you, Logan. Um, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday episodes are educational. Questions. Recently, I've had to pull out a, my AAA card toe strap. Yeah, so he's, he's calling his AAA card his toe strap, which is, uh, yeah, I agree. And tow my 1913 KTM 450 XCW, 20 miles back to the car. The bike felt like it had a flat and symptoms got progressively worse throughout the day. Okay, so let's just, we're going to stop, we're going to stop there. I'm going to interrupt like I usually do. So he says the bike started feeling flat, like it was losing power and the symptoms got worse. So right away, that to me is fuel delivery. Um, you know, so when your bike starts having problems, it's it, and, and especially when you're doing, when you're on your bike and, it, and it, it's not running right and you, you, you give it gas and it, it kind of gets worse, the more throttle you give it, cause it can't get enough fuel in there. You just think about it, it's like someone's choking, you know, choking down your, yeah. you, you know, you're choking your fuel supply. You can't get it. That's, and a lot of times if you're, if you're careful, you can nurse it back, <laughs> but if you keep gassing it whatever's plugging that thing up is getting more and more plugged up is more and more dirty stuff it could be just a bad load of fuel it could be years of um uh you know it needs to be serviced 
It could be your uh, something in your hose, a hose line inside the tank might have cracked, a fuel filter might have cracked. There's lots of situations for that. But anyways, keep going. Um, this incident has me questioning what spare parts and tools a person should take for a FL bike ride. Um, FL. FI? <laughs> oh, FI bike ride. Yeah, fuel injected. Oh, in the remotes of Utah, Nevada, Arizona, Colorado, and Idaho. Currently, I carry spare inline fuel filter, spare intake, in tank fuel in tank filter, fuel filter, take spare inject fuel injector, hex with a ball end to replace the fuel injector. Spare fuel line clamps, spare O-rings, spare spark plug, hard copy of the wiring schematic diagram, miniature voltmeter with the com connector probes, reading glasses, most important. Yes, I like to have the most probable failure mo mods covered, which lead to a lot of stuff. What do you recommend for spare parts and tools for the fuel-injected bike while riding in very remote areas? <laughs> it sounds like he, he has more stuff. He's carrying more stuff than I have in my shop. I mean, he's he's got it all. He had everything, I think, based on his description of the problem. He never told me what the problem was. But um, based on the description of it, I'm pretty sure he had all the stuff to fix it. Um, do I really want to go into the fuel tank and fix a fuel filter out on the trail? No, if I had that, if I had that stuff, would I? Maybe because there's a special crimp. You'd have to have the right hose clamps, but there's a, there's a crimped clamp holding that holding the fuel filter on that particular bike in there. Then it's kind of you'd have to you'd have to destroy it, and you wouldn't be able to clamp it back on there. And there's enough pressure where you do need a good hose clamp, so you'd have to make sure that you're uh, capable of doing that. Um, so I want to know why you towed it out if you had all that stuff. <laughs> is is my question because because at at 20 miles I think at that point I would I would uh, I would maybe it depends how easy the tow for 20 miles is but isn't he asking how I would tow is he the one there's a question there about how I would tow or is the yeah. question keeps it keeps going right about towing yeah okay um, my towing system consists of 15 to 20 foot long one inch webbing a couple of carabiners and soft loops. I form a brittle with the soft loops and connect the carabiner to it from the lead bike foot peg to run the webbing through the carabiner and wrap it wrap the existing excess webbing through once around the clutch grip. This works but it's not pretty and the webbing pulls the bar in one direction. Yep, yep, yep. Do you have a better towing system? Absolutely. Foot peg to foot peg. That's that's and, and a couple of reasons for it. Just plain physics. And um, I was uh, I was talking to somebody who is much smarter than me today, and uh, I said I know everything I need to know about physics. F equals m a. You know what <laughs> you know what that means? Um. <laughs> okay, you, 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 oh, you're gonna get you're gonna get tasked tonight with some questions because there's a whole there's a whole segment for you. But anyways, force equals mass times oh. acceleration, um, 
And but this is actually more about leverage and stuff like that. So the reason I tow foot peg to foot peg is it's low on the bike, and when you start bringing the tow rope up higher, it has more leverage to knock it down. Um, so so when some stuff starts going wrong, and uh, a lot of stuff goes wrong when you're towing, um, the best thing to go so so I would go from my um, I try to do the foot peg on on my bike the one if I'm towing somebody. Because my bike never breaks. You know that, right? Yeah. Okay. So my bike is the one that's towing the guy out. So mine is on the non-sprocket side, the non-sprocket and chain side. And I would like to tell you what side that is, but I don't know my left from my right. So it's on the side that doesn't have the chain and sprocket. So I think that's the right-hand side. Yes. Yeah. That's the brake side. And um, I had to think about it for a little while. And then it goes to their left side. Okay. So, so, so that way that we can keep that, 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 that tow rope that is now in danger of getting wrapped up in wheels and all kinds of stuff, uh, the guy from behind, and it's his responsibility to keep it, um, a tight and be out of my wheel, my rear wheel and out of his front wheel. So, so it's hard on single track because I have to ride on one side of the single track, and he has to ride on the other side of the single track, and there's lots of stuff to hit. But on, on dirt roads and stuff, it's generally not a problem. And so so the way we do that is a lot of times I will actually tie the tie down or whatever. You know, I use a, I call it, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's called a tie strap. So it's a tie down and a toe strap that's combined. It's in a little packet that I carry, and I have it most times with me. And um, I'll actually fix it solid to my bike so it won't come undone. But when we run it back there, we take it and over on on the other bike's foot peg, we wrap it around so that it's not tied. And then you can lift your foot off. If something goes wrong, he can take his foot off the foot peg, and and then it would just come disconnected, and then we don't eat stuff and die. So um, that's how that's how we typically um, do the towing. Um, it tends to, to pull the bike, you know, pull the bikes better. Um, they don't, uh, you know, it doesn't, doesn't knock them over. When you start going to handlebars, unless you go to the center of the bar, you're on for a wild ride. Uh, so, so especially now with so much stuff like GPS units and weird stuff and all of our, you know, handlebars and, and with, you know, with odometers and little computers and things, it's really difficult to run that toe strap up through the center of the bar, wrap it around, and then and then put it onto the grip so you can squeeze it and hang on to it. Because you always want to be able to let go. Because if some if somebody, especially the guy behind, tips over, you don't want to be dragging them <laughs> for a little while. The other thing about when you're towing, the person that is pulling is the power, and the person that is being towed is the brakes. And the person that is pulling does not use the brakes. Because if they use the brakes and that 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 line gets loose, bad things happen. Gets wrapped up in wheels and stuff like that. So the person that's behind needs to make sure that they always have a little bit of tension on that string. So they 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 you know when you come to stop or something like that, they need to slow the bike down, um, the bikes down uh, together. So, um, yeah. That's uh that's the uh, that's the towing methodology that that I like to use um and and it's uh, not pretty it's di- towing is difficult so that's why I would have used all that stuff that he had uh, to fix the I, I'd love to know what uh, what's his name Todd Harmon Todd I'd love to know what the problem was on that bike uh, I e was it a 
fuel filter plugged or f- plugged fuel injector and did it take a load of bad gas to get it or how did how did how did we how do we get there yeah so because i'm always kind of curious about how that stuff sort of uh sort of happens and what your fix was with all those tools that you didn't use <laughs> so cool good uh good one um let's see uh everybody's talking about what they're eating uh in the in the in the chat room it's it must mean that we're doing really interesting radio here <laughs> right yeah a towing class yeah i should just do a youtube video and i'll start it out with just all the crashes that happen you know i'll just search the youtubes for yeah. all the crashes that we uh that we do thanks Janie, for you know uh, keeping keeping tabs on the thing you're going to replace george and then he can go drink some more um good tequila like we are right Absolutely. yeah thanks and i'd like to say thanks lisa i saw lisa in there and i'm pretty sure that uh, via mason that's how we got the really good stuff um and george is says he's he's that guy um i don't know what they're talking about to I can't get keep towed trying. out to get towed out yeah or was it cuz he was like trying to cook at home no, to get towed out. It's like a cooking class around here. <laughs> um, okay, Logan, what's the next? What's the next? Uh, next question. We don't need to list off that guy's bikes, but it's from episode sixty-one. Yes. Um, Jimmy, thanks for the discussion. Discussing my question regarding KTM's recommended settings for the six ninety. I think for my moderate pace on moderate off-road terrain. I need to soften up the front end and we'll start with uh, their sport settings and see what happens. Maybe similar in the back will with increased rebound damping to eliminate hop. Okay, so he we we talked about his KTM 690 and he and and we never I never really got an answer about that um, whether or not the, I, I didn't I guess I didn't dig deep enough to find out whether those settings were kind of a misprint. Um, he he was curious about it, but I I tell people like don't be afraid to play with those clickers. You know, write find out where they're at. You know, find out where the stock setting or where the setting you have them in is at, and then and then play with them to find out what you're trying to do because. Sometimes, and, and especially with forks, a lot of times people say my fork is harsh because they have it set too soft, which is really strange because then, it, then it's, um, you know, packing essentially. It's, it's staying stiff and, you know, by making it a little stiffer, it'll actually hold it up in the, in the stroke, which is not, it's not uh, common sense. You know, it's, it's like, no. doesn't make sense to, yeah. to stiffen it up to make it softer. But there's little things like that. So, you know, a lot of times just playing with it and getting a feel. And even if you, even if you, you make it worse when you're playing with it. You're going to learn like, oh, I don't like that or I don't yeah. like that feel. And But one change at a time. Only do rebound by itself. Try rebound more, rebound less. You know, does that better. Then try compression. Compression more, compression less. Maybe try, you know, the, the attitude of the bike using the ride height and all the all the stuff you hear us talking about that maybe maybe kind of foreign terms um, to you if you're new if you're new to the show or new to, new to riding. Uh it's all this stuff will kind of come around and, and that's what we kind of aim to do here is explain uh, these things to you. So um, yeah, don't be afraid of uh, doing your own bit of little testing because just cause I say that I like it doesn't mean that you will like it. It's everybody kind of has a, a personal opinion and a personal feel. And, and I think this is where he's going to go. I did a little pre-reading on this question. He's going to go into, cause I said, Oh, KTM 690, you're never going to be happy. <laughs> Or Husky 701. It's just a, it's a it's a bike. I'm 
it's just you know it's one of those bikes I'm not uh, never been a big uh, big fan of. I actually need to ride the new one because they said they've made it a lot better. But I have to I have to ride it to be able to answer that question. Continue. Um, I know you are not a fan of this bike, <laughs> and I can appreciate your reasoning. You said the 690 fares far better on street than the 2015 FE 350 Husky, and is significantly easier to handle off-road than my t- 2012 R1200 GS, which wears me out after a while. If I was younger, taller, and had more skill, I am sure my opinion would be different. No, 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 no. Your your opinion there on, on where he just placed those bikes is spot on. And I don't care if you're younger, taller, or whatever. What else do you want to be? Um, better skill. Better skill. Um, it, it wouldn't change the, the placing or what those bikes are do. Maybe you could do a little bit more with each one of them outside of their target range. But Hey, if you have those three bikes, you're way better than most people that just have a, you know, a 690 and now I'm going to do everything on it. That's a, that's a, that's a tough road to yeah. hoe. At that point, you should just get a KTM 500 <laughs> or dream about a Husaberg 570. You ever ridden one, Logan? No. I saw a guy a uh, friend of mine on the internets from the internets posted a picture of a Husaberg. And the thing is you look at all those 70 degree bikes and they all look the same. And he didn't, it didn't have, is that kind of like racist of me to say they all look the same? The bikes. Um, I think a little, a little bit. But... Okay. So they all look the same and he didn't, it didn't have a number any place on it. And I, I, and they all look so much the same. I couldn't tell which one it was. And, uh, so it was, a, it was a, it was a three ninety not the 570 and i'm like oh you'll never know what the power is like but no it's good that they made those things for girls <laughs> uh. <laughs> don't make it be in that kind of voice. no i don't I, you were almost co-host you know the rule is you walk in last you might can be you might be co-host oh yeah yeah <laughs> so okay keep going logan um the new tenere or ktm oh you got you got to do the part where he talks about how he's going to come and take my class that was the whole reason i put that thing in there at 60 years old not there. You're not there? No. Oh, we're not there yet. Oh, I cut you off. Um, the 790 might be better overall for lightweight adventure, and I will definitely give those considerations at some point. At 63 years old, still lots of opportunities to improve my skill. Your writing school on my radar once we are released from COVID prison in cooler Nevada weather. By the way, last name is pronounced Van Houta, like out. Can, can you imagine that we actually mispronounced the How? name on this show? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we, we thought it was funny because we, we, we joked at the end of the show. It's like, hey, we had a show where we didn't have all these crazy names and we thought we got them all right. You can't even pronounce his, his phonetic spelling of that. Out. Out. Yeah. Well, I think he did. Okay. Out. Yeah. Not the first three times. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what was his name again? It was, D- D- was it Dan? Doug? I don't know. All it says is How- Van. Oh, Out. we didn't, we didn't, uh, it, maybe it's on the first part of the page. I don't know. I cut it off. Bad, bad guy that's in charge of that <laughs> sheet of paper, but, uh, Hey, sorry for uh, slaughtering your name. Uh, 
sorry for beating up on your awesome bike choice. You know, having that many bikes and uh, maybe I did a bad job answering the question, but you're getting what you're paying for here at uh, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Um, and uh, next question, Logan. Doug Derby. Doug Derby. That's a good name. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I like the topic listing on the episode picture. Good idea. Blame Trevor. <laughs> yeah, Trevor did that. Trevor said, man, that, that, that picture you put for Tech Talk Taco Tuesday looks so, I don't know, he doesn't say bad things, but he said something, probably said something bad. And then, and then he, but he didn't just say something, he fixed the problem. So he made that new logo and design. So, uh, that's, that's something else that the person that's going to have to edit and upload these things has to learn how to do now. Joe Doyle. That girl can read a question, Jimmy, like nobody I've ever seen this thus far. Keep, better keep her on. That's mean to you. That was rude. A little. That, that was mean to you, yeah. That, no, and he's not talking about you being a girl. He's talking about my wife, Heather, who was on the show last week. So Heather... Since Logan got abducted by aliens, Heather had to sit into the show, and so she she did pretty good at reading the questions. But she like like we talked about earlier, she she said it was a little bit more difficult than you'd think. So if anybody wants to come in and co-host on the show and thinks they can ace these questions, um, game on. Hey, are you squint- are you squinting at that? Yes. That next that next type, and it's funny because you laughed when that guy said he wants to carry reading glasses in his fanny pack. A little. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's uh what's the next one? Uh, P Garden twenty six. I very much agree with Heather on bicycles and motorcycles. There should be multiple mount positions in the upper triple clamp, multiple mount positions in the foot pegs, and seat pans that can be adjustable. She is absolutely right. That's what I always tell her. That's it's like that's like life lessons, Logan. When you know when you're old, like old people, you get married and you have a a wife, and they're always right. That's why in that show I also told her all the motorcycles were hers, and they were all custom set up for her, and everything uh, it was was perfect. Um, What was the question? Oh, (laughs) motorcycles should all have (laughs) adjustable handlebars. Uh, KTM's have those. Um, actually, a few different brands have adjustable yeah. handlebars. Uh, foot pegs, not so much. There are Kawasaki's actually have adjustable foot peg positions on some of their bikes, uh, and you can buy different foot pegs. And then uh, seats, yeah, on some of the adventure bikes and stuff, they had adjustable height seats. Uh, BMW used to have that. So there's a hmm. there's a lot of that out there. But um, uh, if yeah, they, 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 I don't, I don't remember what, the, <laughs> what the question is. Well, you're laughing at some, did somebody, did somebody say George. something? Uh-oh. Uh, Victor's in Facebook jail again? Yeah. So, so he's translating for him? Let me see if I can get this one. Would the XR650R or KTM 690 have better torque to plow through the riders? <laughs> and I'd like to recommend a suspension setup and tires for plowing through rioters. No, it, that's all of a sudden you're just as bad as them. They, everybody just needs to go home. Now I'm all about staying home. Just stay home. Don't do bad things. Be good people. Be just good. Just be good humans. And Heather, you missed Heather. Heather's on. You know she's back there. We were we were saying nice things to you because you were always right. 
Uh, next question. <laughs> Stuart James. We're blowing through these tonight, aren't we? Not yeah. even messing around. Because we, we got to get to some special segments. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Uh, from Pennsylvania here. Other than the KTM 390 Adventure, is is there another adventure or dual sport bikes you can recommend for a beginner rider over the then DRZ 400 or CRF 350L? The reality is I'd be riding this in the city, urban environment, for commuting, and then two to three times a month, about 30 miles away, on fire roads. They are talking about a possible 490 Duke in a two-cylinder. Is there any talk about that platform for an adventure bike? Um, there is absolutely, without question, no other better choice than the KTM 390 as a mid-sized adventure bike because KTM sponsors the show. So what else would I say? <laughs> right? Yes. No, no, there's there's ton there's there's tons of options. It's actually and the the, the cool thing about that 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 bike, you know, you talk, so the bikes we've tested are a Honda 250L. You rode that? Yes. You rode KTM 390 a little bit? Yes. Actually, you you commu- I trail rode. Oh, you did. A you, little. You commuted on it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, we talk about the KTM 350. There's a lot. There's there's so many. There's so much. So much in there. And the rumors of a twin cylinder Duke or a, a 490 or something like that are a little maybe over exaggerated. I would just expect to see something that was maybe bigger than a 390 the next time around. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Because uh, um, that's what they always do. They they always start with like a lower displacement and then they bring a bigger one out. Because um, then you have to have the you know you always have to get the better one the bigger yeah. one. But um, it's a there, there's there's so much different things, and I don't think you can really go uh, too wrong if you're new and you're you know you're in that market. Or, but you can you can you know learn uh, about different things if you have the the potential to. I mean, those bikes are inexpensive, and so they're not going to lose a ton of value, even if you buy a brand new one. And so you could buy like a new KTM 390, ride it for, you know, a year, six months, whatever it is, and then say, hey, you know, I think I'd like this better. And maybe when you're out riding, you're going to ride with some buddies that have a Honda, you know, a CB500X, or which I have not ridden, so I can't, or at least a new one, or all these different bikes. And maybe you find out that I didn't really want an adventure bike. I really wanted a dirt bike, or I don't really like this off-road stuff. I need a Harley. Right, Janie? Absolutely. Everyone needs a Harley. Everyone needs a Harley. Uh, so. Yeah, <laughs> you're not leaving that to me. I told you. I told you I don't want it. I'll just do burnouts on it. <laughs> um, oh, Heather gets it. <laughs> so, um, but uh, no, a, a wide open, uh, wide open space for for lots of uh, lots of cool bikes. Um, so don't, you know, you're not going to go wrong. You know, read some reviews. You know, see what people, different people say. Hopefully, you'll find. Somebody like us that you can trust, and we'll give you a good, honest evaluation, and then uh, you're on your way. So, yeah. Yeah. Why is he 125? John Lorenzo, how much did you weigh in your riding gear? That's a personal question. <laughs> really? He wants to know how much I weigh in my riding gear. Well, wasn't that bike singing enough for you? Did you watch that video? So if you're if you're somebody needs to link that uh, George uh, 
that we have the the YouTube video. I don't think I've done anything with it on the website just yet, but um, I there's a I'm doing a uh, Instagram post right now live because it's it's for the uh, for the segment. So you should follow uh, at Dirt Bike Test on Instagram. The uh, there's a video of me doing kind of like we call it a, a a ride test instead of a test ride. We call it a ride test. You can't play it in here because it requires sound and if you play it then there's going to be you're going to hear a bike singing that YZ125 was singing most of the time and then me trying to tell you how it works which is actually pretty difficult I I've never done that before but I I do have a little bit more respect for some of the some of the quote presenters that um will do they'll talk while they're you know driving or riding and I actually had to really play with the microphone position, not only for sound, but also so you didn't hear me breathe. And I don't really breathe that hard because, you know, I, I, when I ride, it's like magical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't use any energy. But you, it pissed me off when I started hearing myself breathe hard. And when you're trying to talk and you realize that you're, you need to breathe and you don't even I, I even found when I first started in this podcast, I'd keep talking and keep talking and keep talking. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> you know so uh to get that to get that right and to work on it um took a little bit but um i, I you know you know why he's asking how much i weigh because i actually said i'm pretty heavy for that bike mostly for the suspension springs yeah i am right what do you think i weigh in my gear logan that's a personal question but go ahead i don't 200 yeah that i i usually say 200 205 in my gear yeah. Um, I can actually run a little bit rich, go a little bit over that for sure sometimes, and I can I yeah. can uh, I can lean out a little bit sometimes too. I, I definitely I'm, I'm blaming it on the on the COVID, you know, because I can't go out and uh, do uh, running or my I've been doing my sit ups or my push ups, and uh, it's basically because I'm lazy. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so uh, two, two, we'll just give it. We'll just say I was a solid two ten uh, when I was riding that YZ one twenty five of that video. Uh, What's his name? Uh, John Lorenzo. John Lorenzo. So how much do you weigh, John? <laughs> it's going to turn into a suspension question after that, but okay, go ahead. Um, KTM 300 test. Kick. I rode a 2019 six-day model. Awesome bike with great power everywhere. 2020 is better. Get one. Couldn't agree more. He's just, he's just, uh, yeah, I yeah. think, you know, uh, yeah, next. Thomas Lynch, this seems more about the tuner and fuel injection issues. I guess I'm not thrilled with all the temporal, temporal mental issues. KTM gets, get this done, down, please. That money should have. Should work for us. Aftermarket tuners with, thank, with, um, thanks for the review. That's what that's what Heather was talking about. <laughs> so um, that guy says that that the bike is temperamental and all these tuners and WH is what the hell. <laughs> that's what he's he was saying. Um, we we play around with that stuff. I. It, you do not you do not need to do 
those things, but we do it so that we know better how the bike works. And we don't just do it in secret and come and say, oh, the bike's perfect. We do it and we talk about how we did and what we did. And if you watch those videos and listen to how we explain what we did and what happened, and remember that video was done from the day the bike was released until about two weeks later when I had to give it back. And so we didn't have a ton of time with it, but afterwards I went and got my hands on one and played around with it a little bit more to test it further to make sure that everything that we said in that video is correct, which it is. And, uh, so I didn't have to go in there and, you know, make some, make some kind of corrections and stuff. But, uh, um, you should listen to the first guy. He says, just go buy one. Actually, I got another email from somebody that said, he just, he said, thanks. I'm sold. <laughs> Don Kyrax. You sold me. Thank you. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> so listen to Don. Just get sold. Hi and thanks. I have a question about which bike to buy. I am a Woods Rider Intermediate B Class. I'm six foot, two, 220 pounds, and currently ride a 2020 KTM 300 ECW TPI. I want to buy a bike for track days at MX Tracks. Mostly just to practice, not looking to race. I have never ridden a MX bike, only woods bikes, and only two strokes. I am not sure which bike to get. 250, 450, 250, two stroke. Thanks for reply, John. Um, so it's an off-road guy, wants to get into the track riding. Yeah. What do you think he should ride? Um... Maybe 450, 250. Because of, of his size and weight. Yes. Yeah, bigger guy. Yeah, I, 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 that's, what I, that's what I picked, too. So you should, you should start answering all these emails. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> you, just, you just get the emails and you go on the, the YouTubes and all the different things and just, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't you've, you've, you've figured me out. It's pretty simple, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I told him, I told him, um, I actually said, hey, maybe a 350 might be, you know, a good choice yeah. even because it has the torque. You know, you start going down to 250F and you really, it's really kind of high strung and definitely not a 125 guy at that size. Although no. I'm not, not exactly 220. Probably could pull it. You could off, pull it. Yeah. But... Just twist that throttle, right, Logan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so I was saying, you know, 350 or 450. And the funny thing is he could probably buy a bike that's almost 10 years old. You know, I, I said like any fuel injected current, motocross bike uh you know they haven't changed enough for someone in that realm to really notice all the changes you know to really feel like that that little bit of weight loss feel that they did or that little bit of handling characteristic they did so you can go back two or three generations on some of these bikes whether it's a honda or a ktm or a kawasaki yeah and they're they're all good and so you can actually find something that's relatively inexpensive get it get it serviced, you know, get the suspension serviced and sprung for you, which is pretty important. Yes. I didn't I didn't actually tell him to do that. I should have told him to get the suspension sprung for him. Get it set up for you and then go ride it and then if that's something you really like doing, um you can either, you know, you know, modify that bike to make it work a little bit better for what you're looking for and or say, "Hey, I I I do kind of like this track riding stuff." Or maybe you say, "Ah, these track bikes are not all they're cracked up to be." Then you would Maybe step into the realm of like an XC, you know, like a KTM XC bike or a yeah. Yamaha FX type bike, um, or know that hey, maybe I can find the 
at this point, you know, one bike that'll do it all. Maybe I, I like this stiffer, more aggressive setting and I can use this bike to both track day and do my, you know, do my trail riding. Cause they, you know, the, the, the bikes really blend quite well, although I would never take a motocross bike and ride it on the trail. Um, but you know, some people do definitely do that. And when you, you know, if you find this XC, which is like this perfect blend kind of, of both things, I think it's a, it's a good thing. So for anybody that's, uh, watching right now uh i posted up on dirt bike test on both our instagram and our facebook page and it's going to be hard for all you people that are doing audio listen to this a podcast to see but um i posted up a picture that i got from uh, bj we went fast that's a it's the same as your shirt isn't it so logan's wearing a shirt right now that has six icons on it and i was tasked to quiz the kid and see if he can Name the riders on the Moto Icons T-shirt. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to hold hold this up in front of the camera as well. And so there's six icons, and one of them. Um, it's funny because I I do I. It took me a little while when I first saw them. I'm like, what what? I didn't get it. But the, the we'll just kind of talk through it. What's what's that first one look like, Logan? What describe what you're seeing? Afro. Uh huh. Okay. So, so who in the motocross world, and this is probably guys that were racing before you were born. Yeah. But you have a little bit of moto history in you. You know some stuff. A little bit. <laughs> who would that be? Um. He has a podcast actually with this guy here. You know which one that guy is? The the goat. Yeah. Okay, Ricky Carmichael. Okay, so you got one right there. So yeah. there's a picture of a there's a picture of a goat. It's on your shirt too. Actually, the funny the order is different on yeah. your shirt. It's. So do you know you know who you know who you know who the reverse. you know who the afro is, who's that? I don't <laughs> think I know. You don't know. Yep. Uh, let's see if the room. Let's see if the room is gonna chime into this thing here. It takes a little. It takes a little bit of a second. So, any other ones that you might know on this? Just out of curiosity. Just the goat. Just the goat. That yeah. was the only one. So, there's a picture um, of a kind of a graduation cap and some glasses. Yes. That's that's one of them. Crazy Nate. Uh, no, it's not crazy, Nate. <laughs> there is a picture of like a goggles with a crown on it. You have any idea who what that one is? Goggles with crown. Yeah, with a crown. What would a crown symbolize? Um, like royalty, winning. Right. Okay. So you you know who this person is. I'm sure of it. I'm pretty sure. So you think about it. It's like, what is a crown? A crown would be a king. Yeah. Okay. So when they talk about like you know famous motocross, supercross, supercross, <laughs> supercross guys, who's the king? Oh. <laughs> it's not Travis Pastrana who's laying no. face down on the table right now. <laughs> He's got the bike upside down on him. That's what I looked like when I did that nose wheelie. Uh, you know who that is? Who the king is? Seven time Supercross champion. And not backyard Supercross champion because that's me. <laughs> yeah. So, not sure. King. Yeah. No. That's. 
Oh wait, dude, wait! You're you're looking. You guys are over there looking at the internet because you don't know you don't know anything about motorcycles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're, she, you're, Jane, Janie knows a little bit, but probably not about dirt bikes. So yeah, Jeremy McGrath. Jeremy McGrath. I don't remember your name. Evan. Yeah, Evan. Show the shirt. Yeah, so show the shirt. So I if you if you're if you're looking for this, um <laughs> you're gonna have to go back to like June second and you're gonna have to look at the dirt bike test Instagram or the dirt bike test Facebook because this is great audio here. Or you can go to We Went Fast uh and get one of the shirts. So the the other one, what is what is that what is that symbol, Logan? What is you know what that symbol is? You'd see it on the weather. Hurricane. Hurricane. Who's who's the hurricane? <laughs> You're never gonna get it. This this guy is probably one of my absolute favorite riders. Let's see if it it's kind of gonna pop up. Yeah, the, people are people are you know you're losing fans on the in the chat yeah. room right now. No, hey, you don't you don't need to know stuff. So, uh, and then what's what's this over here? I'm gonna give people a chance uh, to kind of chime in. What's that thing? It's a bomb. It's a bomb. Yeah. And uh, so it's funny because I'm actually now I'm, I'm thinking about this one and and I'm torn on on that as being a uh, it's definitely the hurricane. It's definitely huh? What'd you say? Hurricane? No, it's not Hurricane Katrina. It's yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Bob Hanna. Hurricane Bob Hanna. Yeah, you know. So you know the dirt bike test logo, the shirt I wear with the bolt on it. That was actually Bob's symbol was that lightning bolt was his was his thing he had lightning oh. bolts it, it was like when i was a kid when i was your age like his helmet had these two lightning bolts coming off and like i'm pretty sure i i went to a company called zero nine which is a bmx company they made numbers zero nine and i bought lightning bolts for my helmet yeah and because i wanted to have that that look that cool thing and we you know we stole it yeah. <laughs> when we did when we did dirt bike test just kind of like honda honda stole our logo for the hrc thing Really? Yeah. Oh, you didn't know that? Oh. Well, it's good that you know that now. You can tell everybody. Um, so and the, and so the bomb and 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 the bomb is Mark Barnett, the bomber. That's what his name was. And and I always liked Mark Barnett. Actually, I liked him even more when I finally got to meet him in person. The guy's just super awesome guy. Uh, I just remember there's this one poke, poke picture in the magazine where I cut the magazine out the page and he was wearing these moto x fox boots back so it wasn't just fox it was moto x fox and had the fox head on the boot and everything like that and yeah i just thought those things were the coolest you know the coolest things ever because they were just it was just a instead of just being a boot with a metal plate on it or something it had a logo and i thought oh that was cool but yeah the bomber had the moto x fox boots riding a work suzuki rm125 and so the one on this, so this would be that logo up on top. It's the it's the graduation cap with the glasses, which is the professor. You know who that is? David no. David Bailey. So he was also quite. All these guys are all quite a bit before your time. Yeah. So kind of a kind of a cool thing. So if you're interested in moto history, and then I gave you that book. Hold that book up. It's called. Grand Prix Motocross 1972, and it's a it's a book about the and it says right here the 1972 World Championship season, um, and it's a book that uh, BJ sells through his website. I think he only has a limited amount of copies of them, and it was a book by Terry Pratt. It was a lot of photography and stories. And what did you what did you learn and see in there, Logan? Uh, 
besides looking at all the girls. Because <laughs> there's a lot, lot, a lot of, lot of, um, lot of girls from the old, the old times. It, you know, they're probably your your grandmother could be photographed in that <laughs> book right now easily. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe great grandmother, and she was one of those young girls in the photos. <laughs> um, I think one of the things I learned was how different every bike was. Like there was no set. What side the exhaust went on? What side the Kickstarter went on? They didn't. They didn't know what worked. No. It would just make you know make a motorcycle, and a lot of those were made, you know, in 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 Eastern European countries, and and I mean it was it wasn't it wasn't all coming out of just Japan or Austria. It was a lot of different, a lot of uh, different stuff. And they were trying to figure it figure it all out. Yeah. So uh, yeah, pretty. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty interesting book. I mean, it's uh, and you know some of the stories. I, I I have not had a chance to read that. I think I may have read it when I worked at Cycle World Magazine. I think there was a copy of that someplace in our in our archives, and I'm sure at some point or another I sat down and at least looked at the pictures. But there's definitely some good stories about just how stuff was, and this is pre really pre Americans going over and racing in at the time what was motocross because we didn't you know we weren't. Uh, over there yet those guys were coming over to america and just smoking us you know as as yeah. riders so i think you know there's uh, decosters in there so you know who roger decoster is right yes yeah so he he was a, he was a kid then yeah <laughs> or actually he was a little bit older back then but he was he was one of the guys so pretty cool um yeah it's uh interesting to get a little bit of a little bit of history and stuff so the uh, let's see, I'm going to read BJ's note here. So the book it's forty dollars, and there's a story behind it that you can read on um, BJ's website. We went fast. It's uh, basically uh, the curious life of Terry Pratt, and uh, so if you if you search that out on We Went Fast, I'm sure you'll find something, learn a little bit of history, see some really interesting motorcycles. What what did you what did you say about the KTM when you saw it in there? Oh, I didn't. I didn't think that it was made back then. Yeah. I thought it was older or younger. New, newer. Yeah, the newer. company was young. Yeah, no, they were they were back there, but back then we didn't have KTMs in the United States. We had Pentons, you know. And yeah. and that Husky, it's not built by KTM. No. And that's built in Sweden. <laughs> so that's some some you know, see see the CZs in there? Where do you think the CZ was made? Doubt Japan. <laughs> that's a good guess. <laughs> Czechoslovakia, back then when that was a when that was a uh, when that was a yeah. country, yeah, not a country anymore. <laughs> it's two different places, split it in half. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and Craig, uh, the bikes had you most of those bikes. In fact, almost every one of them had two rear shocks. Yeah, talk about how ripped off you guys are getting these days with only one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so much better when you had two <laughs> air cooled drum brakes. Couldn't decide which side to put the Kickstarter or the chain on. See, that's why. Yeah. The, that's when I go back to like I talked earlier. Like I don't know which side the chain's on because I actually rode Huskies that had the chain on the wrong side and Kickstarter. Actually, Heather, who you know was doing what you're doing last week right there, she started on a bike that had a Kickstarter on the wrong side. Hmm. It was on the left side, and now you don't even know what a Kickstarter is. <laughs> when was the last time you Kickstarted a bike? Well, you're 125, right? 125, 85. Yep. Yep. So uh, uh, it's uh, it's 125 bucks on Amazon, George says, but you can get it a lot cheaper on uh, through BJ. We went fast. 
Um, I don't get a cut of that, but that's okay. <laughs> we're, not, we're not we're not here to make money, as uh, as as everybody knows. But uh, if you have if you if you'd like some sponsor, we got some big things coming up. So if you if you and there's only going to be a limited amount of opportunity in the first round. So you, if you're if you're if you're if you're one of those guys in some marketing department at some company that wants to get on board with us, uh, better put aside a little chunk for us because uh, um, best investment you'll ever make. I hope. <laughs> What what else is new, Logan? Any other questions? We still plowing through those things? Yeah, I think three, four. Okay, what's next? Um, hey Jimmy, I have a question about the front brake rotor on my bike. I purchased a brand new 2019 WR450F. Should have bought a KTM. <laughs> back in February, and the two-piece front brake rotor is quite loose. You. You can grab the rotor and push it, push slash pull it fore and aft, and it was about two to three millimeters of slop in it. I've ex- inspected other brand new Yamahas on the showroom floor, and they almost have zero play in them. I have brought bought a couple other brand new Yamaha 450s in the past, and they did not have any slop in the rotor it seems as though the bobbins were not compressed enough when they made the my rotor what is the what is your opinion i've looked into aftermarket rotors and have yet to find one that is compatible with the oem's speedometer sensor disc that is sponsored Supposed to attach to the rotor. Any help with would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, so um, there there are definitely replacement rotors and stuff, and there, there's a production tom. So what he's talking about is is that bike has a floating disc rotor, which is pretty common these days. And the bobbin pins are how they attach the the the, the floating part between the two things. So sometimes when you grab the brake and you rock it back and forth, all those, all those pins tend to move. And so there's, there's a production tolerance. And what I said was, I told him, I said, Hey, at that point, you're going to kind of have to check the manual to actually see if it's out of spec or something is indeed uh, wrong. Um, And I don't, I, and like he said, it's a new bike. So he noticed it right away. And then he went to the dealer and kind of checked some other ones. A lot of times the, those break in and they get, you know, they're, they're tight right in the beginning and then they kind of get loose and maybe his is definitely on the looser side of the spectrum. Uh, I know there was times on certain bikes when we were replacing uh, rotors going from floating to non-floating for a certain brake feel, and we were going from you know solid rotors to floating rotors for uh, a certain feel. It was just a it kind of depended on what you were looking for. They they. They definitely give a different, you know, a, a different feel at the lever, and then and then they're also a little, you know, more susceptible to production tolerances because they can move around. And um, uh, sometimes when your disc gets damaged, they don't they don't get dented as, as easy because they tend to float or move around when they get hit by rocks and things. So there's there's advantages and disadvantages, like everything. So I, I to that specific case, I I don't know that it's an issue. I haven't really heard about that before. Um, but uh, yeah, I I would say that I'm sure there's a there's a spec. If you look at manuals, there's always like minimum thickness and stuff, you know, punched or stamped into them. But in the manual, they'll probably for the floating characteristic of that rotor, they'll give you some sort of a 
a spec you can check out. And so I would say if you really want to know, I would do that. And if it's outside of spec, then I would do something uh, about it. So that you think I answered his question? I think so. Should have just bought a KTM, right? Maybe. Well, yes. you you, you yes. have a you have a Yamaha and a KTM. Which one should should you have bought? You're, you're I mean, you're completely unbiased, right? Um. You have one of each. Yes, but one's a motocross. Actually, they're both motocross bikes, but one's one twenty five and one's two fifty. Okay. So. <laughs> so you should have just bought a KTM. Sure. <laughs> right. Hey, did you wash your bike? Not yet. Oh. <laughs> you didn't. Oh, Logan. Oh man, I. Oh. Okay. Next question. Um, Jeff Franklin, Husky five hundred one, YouTuber, dirt bike test. If the five hundred ones had the maintenance schedule of, say, the Yamaha WR two fifty R, I would probably buy two. Um, if the Husky 501 had the maintenance of a Yamaha WR250R, which it, it, and that's, that's the kind of the dual sport one. You've never seen one of those over here. I mean, we've had them in the class before. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's, it's weird. It's like the street bike version of the Yamaha WR and it has long, that's what it's kind of known for. It has long service intervals and, uh, which... I don't, I mean, yeah, it's probably more than like a competition bike because it's heavier and it doesn't have the performance and all the other stuff. But if, if you had that, you wouldn't have to buy two. You just, you'd have, you'd only need one. So that comment doesn't really make sense. Um, why would you buy two of them? One one for me? (laughs) Maybe one for Heather? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I'm not sure what that comment really means. Uh, Jeff, uh, Franklin, <laughs> why why would if it gets more durability why would you buy more? You don't need it. You don't need one. I mean and they yeah. never they don't break anyways. I mean the only ones that break are the ones you see on the internet's. And usually that's not even really the one that broke. That's the the guy who saw the post from some other guy in some other country that reposted it and said it was his. And uh and yeah, that's how it works. Um J Man as Nans <laughs> Let me read that one name. J. Jemananza one. Yeah. Jemananza. It's a, it's Mex Italian. <laughs> Fantastic review. Thank you. And even though I rode dirt bikes as a kid in the Midwest, but I am now 59 and I have been feeling the pull to get a 500cc or less dual sport. I like the 2019 or newer Honda CB500X with the a rally rad kit for being able to ride both pavement and forest roads slash dirt slash mountain roads slash easy trail. But I will definitely check this one out. A lot of bang for the buck to be sure. Thanks for the clear explanation on everything. Although at one time I rode, I considered myself as a beginner, and you did not talk beyond what I could understand. Great job. Hmm. 
Well, thanks. Jamaria's one. Uh, I don't usually talk down to people that much unless, I don't know, I, it's, um, it, the beginner, so I, the beginner riders, you know, so you're new, you're new or you're getting back into this or you don't understand the lingo and, and everything. And, um, it, it's, it's intimidating. And I was involved with an event that, uh, a good friend of mine put on called the noobs rally. And it was, a it was when he first started, he actually came to my class. There was a guy that came to my class and he's like, he's like, I have all these questions. I just don't even know where to go to get them answered. And he came to the class and he found out that even though I was a, a, a pro racer, I could answer his questions and I didn't talk down to him. But he says most of the people I talk to would never come up and talk to you. And yeah, there's there's times when it's good to talk, you know, come and talk to a pro racer or a guy. Probably not before he's getting ready to go to the starting line of an event or when he's under a lot of pressure to, to do something, perform in a demo or whatever, whatever it is. But you know, or maybe not when he's eating dinner with his wife by himself in the corner. There's there's good times and bad times to approach it. So, anyways, uh, he started this event called the the Noobs Rally, and it was a, it was a it was a rider gathering that they did uh, where he just said, "Hey, let's tell people that are you know maybe not so certain about what they could do, or you know didn't know the questions asked, or didn't really know what was the right thing or the wrong thing, and let's get them someplace where we can all kind of talk about it. Maybe we'll have a couple of you know." guys that know this stuff show up and i was one of the guys that got the invite because uh, joel um called me and i learned a ton from going to that to see people that in and, and now from doing a lot of teaching with the schools and stuff you learn that there's just certain things that you don't even know what questions to ask you don't even know you don't even know that there is a question to ask and where to get started and how you know what's the lingo or the terminology or you're like a you know, it, it, it's foreign. Like, so when I go learn new things or do other stuff, especially, you know, with cars or trucks, you know, off-road trucks and, and rock crawling and UTVs, I don't know the first thing about it. I don't even know, is that a, is that a, 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 a drive shaft or is it a axle shaft or a upper arm, lower arm? You know, there's all these terminologies for things. And I don't even know what to, I kind of understand, I feel how things are working, but I don't even know what to call the thing that's working or the thing that I broke. You know, I broke this thing. What what is it? So it's a it's a. I I know the feeling. You know, I think we all do when you're, and that's the idea is we're trying to kind of you know create an environment where we can you know when we I I try to do this when we do our product tests when we do our they may be super detailed and we may be talking way above your head at some point or other. We're gonna try to bring it back break it back down and say this is how this works. This um you know, this thing works like that, you know, and try to, try to make it so it's, it's, you know, you, you understand and you can, um, you know, get a, get a feel for it. Um, at the same time, if you're experienced or you really want to know how it works and, you know, you understand, you can dive deep into the, the technology or the, 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 um, what, what would it be? The, I'm a little lost for words, which is really kind of strange, probably because I'm not talking about myself now. <laughs> Don't laugh at me, Logan. I can I can replace you really quick. Janie's ready to come on board and read the questions. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, glasses. We all need to start carrying glasses. Interface, but 
No, we're trying to trying to you know, and, and right now with especially with what's been going on in the world, there's a lot of more people that are getting out, and there's a lot of people that are buying dirt bikes. There's a lot of people buying mini bikes. They're getting into the, this. It's a sport that you can do without other people and not in groups. And and uh, so I've been seeing a big increase in the amount of questions about things. And you know, a lot of the bikes you buy a bike, it's actually really good, but then you start going search around, and all of a sudden it's like. Oh man! Everybody says I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to get I have to get different tires. I have to get a different chain and sprocket. Is this worn out? Is this? Do I have to check the valves every six hours? You know, and and kind of kind of ridiculous questions. But um, for somebody that's experienced, you know, has been in it for a while, but then you're just going strictly off the owner's manual, which may or may not have been written by lawyers. So, how often do you check the valves in your uh, KTM one twenty five? Haven't yet. You haven't checked the valves. No. You understand that it doesn't have valves, right? You need to start practicing your mechanicsmanship. <laughs> See, I tripped you up there, Logan. Yes. Got you, caught you off guard. You're over there playing on the playing on the on the on the Facebooks. Uh, okay. Did we miss any questions in the um, in the uh, chat room? That you know, do you, do you monitor that? Um, it's tough doing two things at once. Yeah. Yeah. No, we didn't miss any questions. Not well, no, that's not true. That's not true. Uh oh. Uh, George says, Logan, did you get your foul plug thing sorted? Yeah, what happened? Oh, the, oh. the plug fouling on the KTM 125. Um, I said, I think it, we used the oil previous of Motor X, mm-hmm. like Yamalub, and I think it was that on the head. It was a, so but, so it was it was was it was the oil mixed in the gas improperly or you think it was actually the oil? Um not necessarily the oil mm-hmm. but like the jets plus the ratio. Yes. No. Cuz I texted cuz I heard you take off that one day. You left out of here and it was all boop Um it, pipe it, runs hot. The pipe runs hot. Yeah. It, what what does that mean? Like it takes when the pipe pipe is hot, it runs good. When it's cold, it's like it sounds like that. Yeah, yeah. So it, the bike wasn't warmed up. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's actually the whole motor. Believe it or not, it's the whole motor. It does help having yes. it does help having a hot pipe on a two stroke. That it that yes. there's there is some there is some theory behind you know that uh, just just because the because the, the the when the gases go in there they don't cool as quickly. But yeah. So so there's some there's something to that. Uh, there's also something to having a cold pipe, <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of crazy. But so your, so your bike wasn't totally totally warmed up, and then it also so in a two stroke, you know, when your when your oil is in there and it doesn't all burn and it just sits in your motor and your bike is parked along the side of my garage, dirty for a couple days, um, that oil it doesn't just hang out where it was. It kind of like it seeps and runs yeah. down in the motor and it pools up down in the bottom of the crankcase. It just kind of sits down there. And it, you think about, you know, you've had to wipe oil off of stuff. It's yeah. Not, it's not easy to clean off, and it sits there. Well, that oil can sit down there even when the motor's running. And even with the turbulence that's going on inside that motor, it kind of sits down there until you give it the beans. Yeah. And you give it the beans, and there's enough turbulence and sh- air and gas yeah. and stuff spinning around there that it disturbs that. It upsets the oil. The oil actually starts spreading out, and then it starts vaporizing. Maybe not... It, in the in the nice fine mist that it should be, it's more like you know big chunks or bubbles. Uh-huh. 
and that's the boop 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 because there's all of a sudden you, the, it, it's like uh, imagine you have a blood clot. <laughs> you might be familiar with this, <laughs> and it, it's just kind of hanging out there. It's not doing anything bad, and you you stir it up, and it goes up, and it plugs something up. That's yeah. boop, that's bogging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, um, that's why that's why sometimes. Um, you know, when guys don't rev out their two strokes, they don't, they don't clean, quote, we call it cleaning it out. Yes. Um, it pools up, you know, that, that oil kind of sits in there. And that's why everybody has different oil ratios they run at. I mean, when I started racing 80s, we ran our oil at 20 to 1. Yeah. And my bike smoked and it, it fouled plugs and it uh, didn't clean out very easily. But then, you know, somebody told us, hey, you should go to 32 to 1. And, and of course, it always came with use this oil. Because there's oil is kind of like religion, kind of like yeah. tires and oil, you know, what oil you run. So they would say, oh, you should run this and that, you know, this oil and that. Oh, you should run this race gasket, this mix with this oil. You know, everybody's got their setup. And um, so, but you, you depending on the riding you're doing, uh, you would you would adjust your fuel to gas ratio. And what do you mix at? Um, depending, it's what the manual says. What the manual says. I believe it's 50 to 1. 51. It's actually, I think on KTMs it's 60, but, so who mixes your gas? Me and my dad. You and your dad. So yes. how many ounces to the gallon do you put in? Um. Or cc's to the gallon, what do you do? Oh, ounces, I think we do... Oh, it's a ratio, right? With oh, you use a ratio, right? Yeah. Yes. And did, did somebody put a mark on a pen there, and you fill it up there and put that in a certain amount of gallons? Or it's already on there. It's already on there. Yeah. Yeah. You got it all figured out. Yeah. So you didn't you didn't mess up on that. You didn't add a little extra oil on accident. No. Have you ever seen me put oil in gas? Yes. It's kind of sketchy, isn't it? Yes. Have you seen my bike seize yet? No. No. Yeah. Years of experience, my friend. <laughs> 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 so. Um, but anyways, so the next time I see that KTM 125, I want it to be spotless. I want you to okay. I want you to wash it. I want to make sure the chain's lubed. I want that thing to be We need we need to go do some sand motos in the heat. Okay. I got a YZ125. Yeah. I'll smoke you. I at, know you. At 200 and whatever pounds I am. <laughs> yeah, cuz you're flyweight. You're perfect weight for a 125. Maybe not big enough, maybe not strong enough, but you're the good weight for it cuz you know, they told me 6 pounds is a horsepower. Yeah, and six to eight pounds is a horsepower. It robs a horsepower out of the bike. So you yeah. got you've got like twenty horsepower on me or something. And those bikes, you know, that's like half. You double the power. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll go moto down and see who's got who's got the beans, right? <laughs> uh, so um, uh, your dad said that was kind of funny what I just yeah. said to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I can I can spin anything around backwards, Jimmy. <laughs> you you got to whip that kid into shape because if that if that bike was if 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 my KTM 125 were that dirty, I wouldn't be riding it. I'd be getting my ass kicked. <laughs> so, uh okay. Hey, um uh, thanks for everybody for joining in uh, and being part of the show on the chat room and stuff. Uh, hopefully you learned something in this episode. That's our goal. Uh, we've got some big plans. Hopefully we've got some uh, good uh, sponsors and stuff coming on in the near future. Thanks, uh, BJ, for giving us that uh, little bit of history. Um, we actually... 
I, I actually talked to BJ. He's going to release a story on Danny Hamill. Um, I think, I don't know if it's tomorrow. It's, it's on the 25th, uh, unfortunately, the 25th anniversary of his death. Uh, I partnered with Danny when we were both young and up-and-coming riders, and uh, it was kind of interesting to kind of bring back uh, some of those memories and talk about some of the, the good times we had together. And uh, so he, he's, he's on the history side of things, and it's, it's really good that there's guys that, um, that really dive deep into that and give you some good content. You can, uh, if you're listening to this show on a podcast, uh, well, sorry for us talking about pictures, <laughs> but, um, you know, share that stuff. Um, give us some thumbs up or likes or whatever they do in that uh, podcast world. Uh, we're growing there. Um, on the YouTubes, you know, it's probably a couple days later than this. Uh, throw up comments there. Uh, ask questions. We respond to most of those. Uh, talk about them in our next episode. Usually let you know that which episode we're replying to your question on. And then, of course, on the on the Facebooks, uh, you're probably live or doing whatever you're doing. And uh, kind, of, kind of cool to uh, see everybody out there and interact with people. Uh, always check us out at www.dirtbiketest.com. And if you have a question, I dare you to put it into the search box, and it'll pick up on those words. And more than likely, we will have some information up there that might answer your question at least as good as all the uh, guys on the Internet that um, are trying to sell you something. <laughs> so uh, with that, uh, have anything else to add, Logan? Um. What's your top three bikes, past, present, under 350cc? Uh, under three, oh, that's Brandon. Brandon used to be a designer at Climb back in the day. That's how I met Brandon. Uh, oh, top three bikes, uh, let's see, but let's see. Uh, also has to have suspension enough to be comfortable for a little track fun, 350cc and less. Well, I don't think you can go wrong with a KTM 350 uh, any year. And even the older ones, I mean, they really, they were, it was kind of funny because they kind of went through phases where they were torquey and then they got higher RPM power and then they got torquey again and then they filled the whole thing in. Um, they, they were always pretty good. And I, I always, I didn't think the suspension was ever really, man, there was a year. I have to, I'd have to check my facts on this, but there was a year when they had the PDS shock with the, elevated tower maybe the first year they were made i have to look at a picture to see but um or maybe it was the damn first one that came with a linkage and i was <laughs> i was like i want to ride pds motocross bikes um and then uh any any yamaha 250f that has the uh current engine design in other words the intake on the front and the exhaust on the rear those always had very good power uh for that stuff and uh any 125 you can get your hands on is a good bike, right, Logan? Yes. Especially for the track. Yeah. Yep, because you can sing it. Uh, okay. Any other any other uh, questions? I think we're. Uh, somebody says the Hodaka Dirt Squirt is a bike. Of course, that's Taco Mike. Um, just throwing uh, gas on the fire. I was I was talking about how at Dirt Bike Test we're sitting on a landmine of content. We just need somebody to step on it. Blow this thing up, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, with that, we're going to sign it all off. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to uh, Climb. Uh, thanks to KTM. Where's KTM based at, Logan? You don't have to read it. Where are they based at? Marietta. What do California. they make? What do they make? What do they make? 
KTMs. Yeah, the best competition motorcycles. Ready to race. They make that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, what else do they do? Oh, they. What's the last line? Um, powered by a distinct ready to race mentality. Um, the last line. I what think is that's it? second to last, but it's um, it's last uh, one is it's. I'm looking over there. Global success is reflected in every product mm-hmm. it produces and every, every move it makes. And since they spot sponsored this show, I think that was a good move. Yeah. Okay. Good. You get to have your donut later. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh no we didn't not not tonight <laughs> so <laughs> I haven't got my new supply yet <laughs> thanks, I, yeah I gotta I gotta deal with that okay everybody thanks a lot we will uh, talk to you in the near future see you probably next Tuesday if I can make it back and uh, everybody have a great evening cheers cheers cheers, cheers. Have a good night. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. Who are we? We make and sell the ultimate products to perfect out your Austrian dual sport motorcycle. Um, a KTM EXC, EXCF, XCFW, Husqvarna FE, and FES. And soon we'll be developing uh, some, some products and components for the Honda CRF 450L, RL, and X bikes. Uh, We build out bikes for our clients and friends from Sunday Trail Specials all the way up to fully equipped global slayers like what RTW Paul is riding on as he uh, travels around the world on an EXC 500. Uh, In late 21, we'll be rolling out a full-service suspension shop as well as a motor program, full rebuilds, blueprinting, balancing, getting rid of the motor buzz and the big board KTM thumpers, top-end valve grindings, uh, the works, Uh, We want to extend, ultimately, what we're after is to extend your ride day uh, and your endurance and your stamina and be able to keep you on the bike for more riding years. We've got a bunch of 70-year-old riders out there who, with our help, hopefully will be riding well into their 90s. Taco Motico, find us out on all the socials. Uh, Go out and get some adventure.